you got to connect before you can convince. And before you can convince, you confirm. And once you can confirm, you can convert. And once you can convert, you can close. First part, got to be able to connect with someone. If you can't connect with somebody, you got high hopes of trying to convince someone to do something they're not sure about doing. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. We keep hearing that in a changing market, it's all about getting back to the basics of great real estate practice. My guest today is an expert in this space. Claudio Encina is a regular elite agent columnist, has appeared on numerous podcasts, and is also one of our very favorite coaches. Welcome to the show, Claudio. Wow, what an introduction, Cassandra. Thank you so much for having me. feel very privileged to, uh, you know, maybe, you know, share some advice or some wisdom here today on the show. So yeah, thanks so much. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to be interviewing you for the first time on a podcast. I know you've spoken with Sam on numerous occasions and I love listening to them. But what we're going to focus on today is the changing market that we know is occurring out there and how agents can best position themselves to cope with a market that's not quite what it was perhaps 12 months ago. So my first question is, what are the key things that you're hearing from your clients and agents right now in terms of how the market is? Oh, look, it's a different landscape in the property uh, market today than we saw probably three, six months ago, even possibly for the last two years. And, you know, one of the the things that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing in the marketplace, you know, talking to a lot of agents across Australia is, is you know, different markets have uh, different market activity happening. So if you talk to a bunch of agents in WA, they'll say like the market's still going quite okay, days on market relatively seem to be quite low. But then you talk to their cousins on the east coast of Australia and they're saying like, you know, days on market are expanding. Um, you know, there are less, much less buyers in the marketplace than there were before. Um, trying to put, you know, a sale across the line is a little bit much more challenging, so to speak. But it's saying that, you know, if it's priced well, you'll still see activity on, on the property. And, you know, as, as long as, you know, you, you're, you're aligned on price, I think that's, that's certainly one of the main, the main things, but understanding how to navigate in a changing market. And, you know, some agents, you know, that have been in the industry for a long time, you know, have that experience, got some results, got credibility, but have seen markets go up, go down. Yeah. Um, I've been in the industry 27 years and I've seen all the markets I've seen when I was in the Asian crisis of, you know, 1997, when I just sort of got into real estate, I've seen the markets go up, go down, but I always say, you know, to all the agents, um, you know, good market or bad market, the best real estate agents move the market. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what we do is we sell. Yeah. We, we, we sell people engage us to sell a property. And, you know, they, they want a level of sort of uh, someone who has their back that can really understand, you know, what their needs are and how we can provide a solution for them and, and get them sold. Um, at the end of the day, you know, there's enough negativity in the marketplace for them to listen to, to understand that, uh, you know, the market isn't great, but, you know, they're, they're seeking you um, for, you know, to help them navigate through this crazy landscape of property that we're seeing at the moment um, in the marketplace. So if you were sitting down in a vendor's lounge room at this moment in time, in some of those markets where we are seeing things begin to decline, 
what type of conversations would you be having with those vendors? What would you be educating them about? I think first off is just being open, transparent, and and being very honest with with, with your sellers. Um, I, I think the worst thing you can try and do is is is, is try and fluff it and going the market's good and it's a good time to come on, etc. Um, I, I think you just what you really want to explain to them and interpret with facilitators, facilitating about what we're seeing on ground level as an agent, the market today, um, and you know properties are still selling and how you bring you know the the uncertainty and bring them certainty in this marketplace with results that you've maybe already achieved and how that was done. What was the strategy? How did you unpack that to get you know a seller sold three weeks ago? Um, in this market versus, you know, a seller that's on the market today for three months with another agent and still has a level of fear and uncertainty because they haven't got a result. And, you know, who knows, maybe they bought another property, that seller and has, has got a lot of pressure and, you know, et cetera. So I think it's, it's, it's really sitting down with a, with a, with a seller today and, you know, guiding them through and being able to remove certainty and fear and switching it to excitement because there's a lot of fear and uncertainty at the moment and your sellers are feeling that today and you know people today who are reaching out who are looking at selling aren't testing the market there's a reason for them to be selling and and there's a bunch of reasons it may well be it could be you know divorce separation it might be we need to upsize it could be someone who's looking at downsizing um you know, someone might be fine, uh, feeling some financial stress that they need to sell. So the the sellers today, you know, they're not here to, to go and test the market and see if they can get that, you know, that 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 boom price. They know that the boom is over at the moment. They, there's enough, there is enough media coming out to for them to understand the market intelligence that we're seeing today is not the market that we saw six months ago. So those sellers, are, you know, are, are looking for, you know, how can you help them feel you know, fear and uncertainty, moving them into full of excitement about this rather than fearful about what they're about to embark upon. And what about those vendors who are sitting there and they're saying, okay, thanks, thanks heaps for coming in, Claudia. I might just give it another three months and see what happens. Is there a conversation that agents should be having at that moment in time to help educate them about what the case may be in three months? I think, you know, with all the noise today, um, you know, I, I suppose, you know, when you, when you do have a seller today, because they might say, yeah, well, maybe in three months time, you know, the market may improve and it may well be, well, we don't know. Like I can't, you know, I don't have a crystal ball here. Um, I, I certainly try and say to sellers, look, you know, um, I think what we need to look at is, you know, basically number one, I like to, when I like to put a message across to people and it's, it's, we're, we're on a podcast here today and I know this is getting recorded, but um you know, I, I would certainly draw a diagram or a model. Okay. And I suppose I'll put a level of like, what's the risk? What's the reward in this decision that we're thinking about making of delaying our plans for three months. So sometimes, you know, I, I like to do like a seesaw, you know, a seesaw is really great because, you know, everyone knows a seesaw. We all grew up on a seesaw, right? It goes up, it goes down. So it's a bit like, what's the pros and cons? What's the upside to this decision or what's the downside to this decision? Yeah. And if you're able to articulate, like, what, what what's the risk if we do delay for three months, right? And you walk through your seller and you go, what could be the risk? The risk is, you know, interest rates could possibly go up, right? Um, the the buyer that had an extra $100,000 luxury today to spend on your home, the risk is if interest rates go up, we lose that luxury of that buyer spending more money than they could afford possibly, right? Um, what, what could also be the risk is they're, 
could be more properties on the market that you're going to be competing with. Uh, so that could also be a risk. So you articulate certain levels of risk and then you're saying, well, you know, what's the, what's on the reward side, right? What, what, what could be the reward right now? If we, if we, if we do go to market and, and I think that's where we, we, we bring facts, you know, evidence and things to the table. So possibly on the reward side, it could be, you know, uh, you know, let's, let's think about if you look at the seesaw and you look at the middle of the seesaw, which is the, the, the arc, right. Um, the triangle, you know, so to speak, I think that's what you got to ask the seller about, like, you know, what's your intention or what's, what's the outcome of reason why you're selling? Because when you, when you draw that in there or, or you write it in as a seller, what am I connected to our emotions and feelings? And when you talk to them about why you're thinking of selling and what's their intention to sell, and you're able to connect that in a much more powerful and desirable way, which sometimes when there's so much noise happening in the marketplace where there's audio and, you know, we're overwhelmed with information, you know, sometimes making no decision is the easiest decision because people get confused. Simplifying it by using a level of model and you break it down and going, here's the risk if we delay and, and here's a level of reward, meaning that buyer could pay a lot more. We know that interest rates can possibly be, you know, at a level now that we don't know that could go up another two times further by the end of this year, that could happen. But the reward is we already know what we know. Um, we know that we're, you know, you might have some results that you've already got. We've got some encouraging results of properties we've sold in the last four to six weeks that, you know, in, in this market, we've been able to create certainty for those clients. So, you know, I suppose it's just articulating that message. I would possibly say sometimes a good old fashioned pen and paper sitting down, drawing a seesaw and, and put the, the reward up the top, put the risk down on, on that side, write down in bullet point, risk and reward. It can actually, for someone, be easier for them to make decisions going, well, there's so much upside for me to go now versus so much downside if I delay my plans, yeah? And our job is to help them navigate through the confusion, yeah? Because at the moment, that's what we do. We, we've got to help them, you know, become clear and give them clarity versus confused because part of them has inner conflict. Part of them wants to sell right now, right? But there's another part of them going, but if maybe we wait three months, we might get a better price, right? Your job is to resolve as a salesperson, resolve that inner conflict that someone has. So it might be like, Cassandra, I can see part of you wants to do this, but there's also part of you that's thinking maybe if we wait three months, we might be able to see if the market improves. Is that right, Cassandra? And you might go, yeah. And then I might say, look, can I share with you what some of our other clients are doing? who are in your position. And what we'd probably do is let's maybe articulate and, and outlay what is some of the reward if you do it now, what could be some of the risk if we delay? At least you can make an informed decision based on what we have in front of us. And it's about making decisions based on what we know rather than what we don't know. Is that fair with you, Cassandra? And as soon as I articulate and I start drawing it into a model and I put it down, you know what, Cassandra, all of a sudden, I'm gonna give you clarity, but I'm also reading you. Because when someone has that, it's just in, in a conflict between themselves. We, as salespeople, resolve. We resolve that in a conflict, yeah? And it's about teaching them how to think rather than trying to tell someone what to do. Speaking to a lot of agents, you know, across Australia, one thing I do notice sometimes is, you know, agents' mindsets. And, and at the moment, you know, sometimes the agent's mindset is, um, you know, it's challenging, it's difficult, etc. 
the biggest thing that we've, we've, we've got to do right now is think of it like, okay, there is an opportunity coming into peak selling season, but the first thing is you've got to get right, which is your foundation and is your pillar. And that is your mindset, Cassandra, right? So, so whatever I focus on expands, right? So if I focus on the market is hard, things are really tough right now. You know, I haven't made a sale in like six weeks. It's been really hard to get a listing. I missed two listings last week, right? What you focus on expands. And the more you expand on that, we create a language in our meaning in our minds around that sort of thing. So then we create more reasons in our, in our head, right? About why it's hard and why it's tough. So we start justifying to ourselves like, yeah, it's the market, it's this and that, right? At the end of the day, what you've got to focus on, you're either going to focus on reasons or results. It's pretty simple, right? And in any market that I've been in the 27 years, there's always someone who wants to listen. There's always want, somebody wants to sell, yeah? And right now in this marketplace, sellers are looking for heroes in their marketplace. And I'm telling you now, if you're not their hero right now in this, in this marketplace, and you're not looking to be that hero in the marketplace, because sometimes when there's a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace, people need to borrow some certainty from you. Yeah. And that's energy. Like you, you can't, you can't fake that. People need to feel that connection when they meet with you, that it's real. Yeah. But that comes from up here, as I said earlier. So if I'm going to focus on something right now, I'm going to focus about getting results for my clients. I'm going to focus on how can I serve at the highest level, how I connect, how can I be authentic and connect in their world and understand their needs, their motivation, their situation, their wants, because what I focus on will expand. Yeah. And if I focus on that, I'll get better results rather than a bunch of reasons of why it's not great in the market right now. So as an agent, I would say, Cassandra, like, the biggest thing that anyone can focus on right now before anything else, right? Because doing the activity and, and, and going letterbox dropping and doing a bunch of social media, if this ain't right first, you got bucklers of anything else of like connecting with someone because someone will connect with you based on your energy, right? And based on what you believe in, because that's called value belief. And if you can't back yourself, don't expect someone in the marketplace to back you. At the moment, there's a lot of noise, as you said, in the marketplace. We're hearing a lot from the media about price declines. We're hearing, you know, things about interest rate rises. So do you have any tips for agents to tune that out and really hone in on their own skills and abilities? Is there a way that we can shortcut this so they're not sidelined by the noise? Yeah. So I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news, I don't know, for I think some point last year when COVID hit. I was just, it's just so depressing. Like I don't want to know about COVID numbers and how many people are dying. Like so for a long time, like I've just tuned out of any sort of negativity. I don't really keep up with the news anymore. You know, um, like I, I don't go like, I've got to turn on the six o'clock news or whatever else. But I suppose like as, as an agent to cut out all the noise is focus on number one, your foundations and your pillars, right? So think about the foundations and pillars of what you've got to do. Yeah. In your business to be at your highest level. So what would that look like? It might look like, okay, what do my behaviors, right, and activities on a daily level look like? So whatever that may be, I might need to speak to 20 people a day. Um, I need to make sure that I do one social media post per day. It might look like I need to make sure that we get, you know, a thousand letterbox drops into my core area each week. It might mean is uh, I need to go on, you know, four or five market appraisals each week. So number one is work out 
like the activities and the outcomes that you're searching for in that week. Number one. Number two, I'd probably say, Cassandra, is start to, to really think about, you know, I, I look at this as the, the five critical areas in an agent's business, right? What's my lead generation like right now, right? Like when I do my Just List Just Sold, is it just a DL card or have you got like 10 other things happening around Just List Just Sold? So, you know, you can make sure you're turning the volume up around there. My nurturing. When you're ringing somebody, are they going, is it Cassandra who? Is it going, oh, Cassandra, how are you? Good to hear from you, right? So how well are you nurturing your clients right now as we move into spring? When was the last time you spoke to them? A great nine-word email, text message can go speak volumes right now as people start preparing their plans before the end of the year. So nurture. Third one, what's my conversion like? Listing appointment to winning the listing. What's my conversion like? Getting on a phone call to converting someone to an appointment, right? So what does that look like? What's my vendor management look like? You know, am I doing set to sell meetings? Am I meeting my vendors each week, right? Am I doing weekly vendor reports? Am I giving them a call? Am I got a good communication rhythm to manage their expectations in this market right now? Or am I just sort of winging it like I was, you know, when it was party time a year ago? And buyer management, like we know there's less buyers. What does that look like? Am I offering a 10 touch point buyer experience? Am I inviting certain buyers to my photo shoot, um, like my hot buyers, to get them give you feel like they're warm and fuzzy and getting a bit of a preview before it goes to the market at the photo shoot. So what does my 10 touch point bar experience look like? So I'd say like right now, I don't probably add one more, your skills, right? Right now, like conversion, like working on your skills, like negotiating, you know, I, I see right now where, where, you know, an agent loses a, a sale of a gap of 5,000 or $10,000. He wasn't able to close it between the buyer and the seller just wasn't able to, because he hasn't been used to that scenario for the last three years, right? And all of a sudden now it's come up and, and they don't know how to navigate through that. So part of your foundation and, and pillars that you should be focusing on right now is skill development, like role-playing. Like you should be role-playing at least two to three times a week, minimum for half an hour, because you want to be the agent that can close the gap, the 510 that's who's going to be the hero as an agent in your seller's eyes, right? Because at the end of the day, they, they remember the result. You're selling it for them, not, oh, he didn't sell it, we had to give it to another agent. Good point. And that brings me to a couple of points, actually. Um, the first one is we've seen a lot of agents into the market over the past couple of years. I know the, the numbers are up in Queensland, New South Wales, um, and a little bit in South Australia as well. So what are your tips for new agents? They've never been through a, a market shift before like this one. Do you have specific tips for new agents? Cassandra, I would, I would, I would say like accountability is massive, like as, as a new agent. So either have a, 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 a another buddy in your office or um, your principal or get a coach, not that I'm selling my services here, but, you know, get someone that can hold you accountable. Number one. Number two is those, those five critical drivers that I just went through right then lead generation. If I was a new agent, like, I need to build my database because that's my social currency. So the more people I've got in there, the more people that know who I am, what I do and what my offer is. The next thing I would do is like my, my nurturing process, making sure that people are on my database as I start bringing them in, making sure that I'm, I'm, you know, they're being connected. They're being, I'm being a resource to, to them. Not, a, not like, as uh, I think Samantha said one time, not being a pest or a mosquito, like being a resource for people when you nurture people. Um, yeah, listing appointment to winning the listing. If you've only been in the game for not long, as you say, Cassandra, um, you know, people do turn to experts, meaning someone who's got results, someone 
who's got that experience, credibility, who's a resource for someone in the marketplace and has done the research, right? So, you know, if you're only new in the game, you know, why you? Why would I use you? Like, you, you got to be really clear on that. Like, it's not about, oh, I've got energy, I've got enthusiasm. Um, that's not going to cut it through for someone, right? You got to be able to articulate in a very powerful and desirable way when you're going out there, if you're sort of new in the game and you, you want to try and beat someone who's got market share that possibly that seller will probably reach out to in a in times of uncertainty that you number one end up on the shopping list but number two you're able to provide so much safety safety because that's what they want to feel safety and certainty that they're wanting to go with you that they feel safer with you than without you but that's about articulating that in your listing presentation so you've got to be really good at getting really good at your listing presentation and i'm not talking about offering a similar product or service like everyone else because then you're a commodity right? You've got to do it differently. Um, and I'm very big on that because I think that's where, you know, that's where all like, that's where all the money's made is in the conversion, like how good you are converting a listing appointment to someone feels safe enough to go with you. And then, yeah, your vendor and buyer management, but probably the first four things that I mentioned there that I would say, Cassandra, the main things as a new agent, I would give advice on. That's excellent. Excellent, Claudio. And it also brings me back to buyer management, which you've mentioned now a couple of times. How does the conversation change with buyers when the market shifts? How, how should you be assisting them through the process? You know, what's been really interesting, you know, Cassandra, the last couple of years, it's the, the, these poor buyers have just been felt like they were transactional, right? And and now they feel like the power swung their way now, like, you know, and we, and we start feeling like, you know, they're, they're not giving us any love, but, you know, they didn't get much love unless you're a really good agent and a world-class agent. But here's the thing. I think today in buyer management, they've experienced the buyers today have felt a very much like a transactional value conversation. Um, and today, if you want to get rapport connection and trust with a buyer, you've got to bring it much more relational value conversations. Yeah. And I think it really starts from probably the point, not just the open home when you first meet them, um, which is great. And you don't want to feel like, you know, you're a salesperson breathing on the back of their neck when you, you know, you go to a, a you know, a closed store and you feel like, you know, can I help you with something? You're like, Oh, um, no, no, just me look in the rack here. Right. Like just let people go in and, you know, certainly the first question I was saying, you know, Hey, Cassandra, you know, thanks for coming through. Um, if you need anything, feel free. I'd be just down here by the kitchen. So make sure you put yourself in a point where they come down and they see you again. You might say, Hey, Cassandra. So what brings you here today? That's all just, you know, Oh, look, you know, we're just looking for a family home. Oh, great. So that might open up a conversation, but don't interrogate them. Just, you know, just ask that first question. But one thing I do do is I have a higher level of awareness. And I was just looking back at my career when I was an agent. I remember many, many years ago, because I'm talking like a long time, 20 years ago, we used to have the old clipboard, pen and paper. That's how we took names and numbers and we wrote comments next to it. And I always used to write a comment next to people that I'd met. Yeah. So say someone came in and, and, and he brought his son along and, he, and his son might've had a, a Brisbane Bronco rugby jersey on. I would write son, Brisbane Bronco jersey. So first thing is, I was thinking about charmability. Yeah. I think the, the, the great, great salespeople are very charming, right? But charming is about how can you make someone feel more important than you? How can you make someone feel more valuable than you? And, and the best way to do it is give people a compliment. Yeah. Because it's a double payoff. When you give someone a compliment, you feel good about giving someone a compliment, but they feel even better because you they got a compliment from you. And, you know, I would write these notes down. So at the open home, try and see something that catches your eye about that person that you could make a note. So if I was ringing you, Cassandra, and, and say you came through an open home and, and, and say, you know, you did come through with maybe your son and I say, Hey, Cassandra, it's Claudio here. How are you? Good. 
I would say, look, um, thanks for coming through 22 Ian Street, um, you know, in Smithville on on Saturday. Um, if I remember, Cassandra, you know, you came through with your your son and you had a Brisbane Bronco top. Was was that you? And they go, yeah, that was me. I go, oh, great. So is your son a big, avid Broncos fan, is he? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you know a little bit about football like I do, I'd go, geez, they're not doing too badly this year. You know, they've got Reynolds, the old, you know, and I might talk about that. And, and straight away, I'm not going into that, you know, putting the real estate person first. I want to bring the human first, yeah? It's like, let's just try, start talking to people first. And then I'll, I'll you know, once I, I build that little bit of rapport and connection, it might be about the sun. It might be something that you you walk in with that it could be a T-shirt that says something, I don't know, ACDC I'll pick up on. It might be the car you pull up and it's one of, you know, the latest Porsche Cayennes. And I might say, hey, was this it? So I suppose with all of these little things, Cassandra, I always... I always look for that bit of charmability, start to, and then, you know, as I do that, I would ask, you know, better questions rather than, you know, just seeing if you had any interest or feedback. That is just a, such a transactional question. Like why not ask? So, you know, Hey, Cassandra, what exactly, curious to know what exactly attracted you to 2118 street here today or on Saturday, right? That can just open up so many things. Yeah. Um, and there's another question I really like to say in like, you know, I'm sure you've seen a few homes on Saturday. Did you go, yeah, we saw a couple, great. Based on what you've seen on a scale of one to 10, 10, this like ticks all the boxes, your dream home. Um, you know, a one would be, you wouldn't step in. How did you rate this one based on what you've seen so far? Oh, a seven. Okay. What would it look like to be more like an eight or a nine for you? Oh, look, that third bedroom. And just a different question can just open up a different conversation. Yeah. And the longer I talk to you, the more we build rapport and connection and trust and, and, and buyers feel, you know, that level of warmth and that level of thing. So, you know, there's a thing I say, if you, you got to connect before you can convince and before you can convince, you can, can confirm. And once you can confirm, you can convert. And once you can convert, you can close, right? First part, got to be able to connect with someone. If you can't connect with somebody, you got high hopes of trying to convince someone to do something that they're not sure about doing. That's great. I love all of the C's in there. That was a beautiful piece of alliteration. There's a lot of it. Eh? <laughs> it was great. It was really good. Um, so recently, Claudio, we saw you at Elite Retreat, actually, and you gave um, a session on time management, which I'm going to yeah. come to in just a tick. But, but um, first up, how did you find Elite Retreat? What was the experience like for you? I've been involved with many, you know, conferences, um, retreats, you know, especially, you know, over the years of me selling real estate, but the last 12 years as a coach, um, I've seen many. And and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you this bottom of my heart here, uh, Cassandra, that basically, you know, the experience that I went through and listening to some of the other delegates that were there, um, never been to anything like it before. Um, the the Not just the elite, you know, community, but just the, the, the quality of speakers, the way it was run, it was much more interactive, much more engaging. You know, I, I think that was great. It was, it was not, you know, sometimes we all been to certain conferences and we hear, you know, a guy that writes $2 million and this is what I do. I do 50 calls a day and I do three hours of door knocking and blah, blah, and I'm like, it's, it's, it's things that we, we, we know and we've heard and, you know, great, but to have a level of insight that I got over those two days, um, I'll be honest, I was blown away. I was just like, I thought that that was incredible. Um, what the, you know, elite team put together, um, was, it was, a, a, an incredible retreat. The speakers were amazing and it was just, uh, just different, you know, from, from the moment, from the welcome drinks to the, the, the end party. Um, it just felt like everyone knew each other really well, but the content 
and 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 the quality of of speakers was was outstanding but more importantly how everyone got engaged and involved was like a work a work in progress versus just taking notes i thought was great because i thought everyone there i think scott bateman and people like that and dr jason fox just challenged our thinking which is great i loved it that's brilliant what key takeaways did you walk away with Ooh, key takeaways um you know what I, there, there, there was many there were there were a lot and i'm a very big believer in progress but I think, you know, when Dr. Jason Fox said, uh, you know, about leadership and whatever else, and he gave about five things that you would look at, one of them was sense of progress. And that's what most people look for. And I think, you know what, Cassandra, it doesn't matter if I'm the 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 employee down the bottom, I'm in a sales associate, I'm in PM, it, people just want to ha have a feeling of a sense of progress. And I think that's all we all ever want to feel is like we're moving forward. We're not stuck. You know, our wheels aren't spinning. It's just like we're moving forward. And and I thought that was that really highlighted for me. So I think we went around the room and we all had to give one word. I chose the word progress. I thought that was, yeah, that was my key takeaway. That's brilliant. Awesome. Um, well, let's turn to time management because you've mentioned the, the five key things that agents should be focusing on. How do they manage their time to make sure they're doing the basics and doing them well? Very simple. There's two types of energy that we run on each day. And if I look at some of the best agents that I know that work, and I'll tell you about time management and how to get the best out of your time and your energy, especially right now, like, you know, vendors are taking more energy out of us, buyers are taking more energy. So everything's like, you know, because it's so much harder to put a deal together. There's so much, you know, you know, it's not like from zero to sold any longer. Yeah. It's like, you know, trying to get it sold. It's like 10 steps, right? It's sometimes like death by a thousand cuts to get a sale across the line between a vendor and a buyer. But so you're either going to have adrenaline energy, which is like adrenaline energy is very much like, uh, you know, reactive to everything. Like we're reactive. Right. And then, you know, you see the guys that are in control and I call this being in your peak state. Peak state is a controlled breath, a controlled heart rate, controlled mind, controlled emotions, controlled feelings. And the way we build that is we're always in total control. And that level of energy is called momentum energy. Yeah. We'll always get things in our day that will throw us off a curveball, right? But it's how we manage our energy and not get distracted by that, which know, you know that you need to go and make another 10 phone calls to reach out to 10 people that are on the pipeline versus going, what happened there? Why did I lose that listing when I just got that off that phone call, right? So momentum energy is about being in your peak state. Now, how do you be in your peak state? I normally say like, you know, is, is, is having that controlled energy and, and try and break up into four parts of your day. I think, you know, I really believe is, is, is having a way how you send to the start of your day. To me, rituals are important. So first thing I look is amplify. How do I amplify my day? Um, for me, I jump in the ocean. I have a cup of coffee. I watch sunrise. Uh, like not the TV show sunrise. I watch a sunrise coming off the ocean, should I say? Um, but to me that, that first thing is like centering myself. Yeah. How do I amplify my day? How do I get my energy right? No matter what happened yesterday, today's a new day. Like, how am I going to center myself today? So amplify first. Second, I look at generate. What appointments can I generate today? What buyer appointments can I generate? You know, what seller appointments can I generate? What market update appointments can I generate? What past client can I meet up with? Network appointments, whatever it may be. So generate is the second part of the day. We're working towards the afternoon, we've all heard it, but it's like convert. Who can I can convert today? So what appointments am I going to convert a buyer appointment to an offer. How can I convert a listing appointment to a listing? So just afternoons all about convert. And the final thing is rejuvenate. And rejuvenate to me is, you know, how do you finish your day off? How do you, 
do things off. And um, for me, look, you know, uh, apart from like watching a bit of Netflix just to chill out and not think about stuff, um, watching a movie or, or sometimes I'm into Animal Kingdom at the moment, which I've been watching. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, the final thing I do to finally rejuvenate is I, I do, I write down my three wins from today, just write them down. like in, in and, and then I look at how do I want my day tomorrow to look like? So, you know, and I look at about, like I look at my calendar and I look at, you know, who can I book? What can I be doing? What can I change? What can I do this? Like social media posts. What can I, so I'll look at what my day will look like and I'll write some of those things of how I want my day to fulfill at the end of that next day. So that's the other thing that I do. Just to wrap it up with the guys that we had there at the retreat, I, I did speak to them about, you know, many agents and, you know, that I've seen that have got stress and suffer from anxiety, um, feel tired, broken, disconnected with families, partners, etc. They run on that adrenaline energy, as I spoke to you before, not the momentum energy, which is controlled. Something that, you know, in real estate, I experienced it myself was, I feel like I'm on a marathon 52 weeks of the year. Um, I would say to you, work six weeks sprints, two weeks down, six weeks sprint, cool down. And focus on in that, in that sprint, like what projects you want to focus on over those six weeks, whatever it is, three or five projects that you want to absolutely nail. And at the end of the six weeks, reflect, because sometimes we're so busy going that way, we forget to see what's happened behind us and how much we've achieved. And and when you do that cool down, that's a great time to see what's worked, what can you improve on and celebrate some of the wins. Yeah. And then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Your next six week sprint cycle. And celebrating the wins is very important at the moment, which I'd like to thank you for joining us today to share all your knowledge, uh, particularly in, in a market that we know is changing. Uh, before I let you go, um, I, we ask this final question of all our guests. What one key piece of advice or takeaway would you like to leave our listeners with today? I would just say, whatever you're focusing on right now, expands. What are you focused on right now? That's the question. Ask yourself. Claudia, that's brilliant advice. It's been so lovely having you on the Elevate podcast, and it's been a pleasure to speak to you for my first time. Um, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm just going to get a quick photo so I can let everyone know that I was on the Elevate podcast. Thank you so much, Cassandra. And it's been a joy speaking with you. You too, Claudia. Thanks heaps. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com. 